one. Let's go. Are we on? Yeah, we're on. This, that's it. If this is going to be the start to every single podcast, we're going to need to name this podcast something other than In the Living Room. Are we on? That's, that's, the, that's the name. Did, did our manager clear that? Uh, yes. No, it's In the Living Room. In the yeah. Living Room. In the Living Room. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So, um, hey, everybody. Welcome to In the Living Room. Um, today, we're in the living room talking about friendship. First and foremostly, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. Um, GG. Generación Gracia <laughs> and Ministerio Gracia. They're the ones who make this possible. Yes. Um, and that's actually probably possibly where you're watching this from right now. Maybe from our IGTV, maybe from our Facebook, or uh, um, maybe from our YouTube channel. Oh, uh, we so, have a YouTube which channel? we hope to have by the time that we post this. We have a YouTube channel in the future. Yes. We'll nice. have a YouTube we're channel. We're talking to the future. We're, ta- we're speaking into existence. <laughs> we're speaking. <laughs> right? So, oh um, we're in the living room today discussing friendship. Yeah. I missed um, that. Uh, <laughs> it's difficult when you don't have friends to talk about this, but it's okay. We'll get through it. Yeah. You know, um, um, sure. <laughs> what are we then, Ray? What are we? Uh, Ray, what? <laughs> a burden. <laughs> Lovely. Okay. A uh, burden to each other. Okay. So... I mean, we did this once. For some reason, um, we did it in Spanish first. That was totally not intentional, but it worked out pretty oh, well. Awesome. I think so. You know, I, the way I see it, why be bilingual if you're not going to do both? Yep. So, um, yep. yeah. So, I have a Spanish Bible, so sometimes I'll be reading in Spanish, but it's okay. I'll tell you guys what the verse is, and you guys can get on your phones. <laughs> and more than anything, um, we really just want this podcast, this uh, thing to exist. Because we want to be able to discuss things openly and freely. Earlier in the week, we put out a post asking for your guys' suggestions. And we got so many good talking points. We're going to be set for like the next two months. Yeah. Um, and, and then we'll ask you guys again. Yeah, and then months. we'll probably ask you guys again. But as of right now, we have so many incredible things that you guys suggested that we get to talk about. And like I mentioned earlier, the first one is friendship. And more specifically, God-ordained friendships. Amen. Um, which begs the question, can there be a God-ordained Friendship. Can there be? Yes, I believe. Do you want me to elaborate on that? Yes, okay. please. <laughs> just a, um, a little. Yeah. What? Just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, I don't know the way the way that we saw this um was that, yeah, God ordained friendships are a thing. I believe that a lot of relationships are God ordained, whether it be long term, whether it be short term, whether it be circumstantial or situational, mm-hmm. and for different seasons of your life. Like I know that I have friends now that I didn't have five years ago. And five years ago, there was friends that I don't have now because maybe they were for that time period or maybe they were for that personal or specific situation in my life. And they helped me get through some stuff. But now they're not here. Does that mean I adore them any less? No, I love them. They're great. I just don't remember their names or know where they're at now in life (laughs) um were they really my friends no i'm just kidding uh no but i think that god-ordained friendships are very much a thing because i mean god put us he made us very social creatures i mean i call ourselves creatures um beings that's the word um he made us very social beings and that being said we were made to interact and interact with each other and a lot of times that means on personal levels emotional levels spiritual levels and when it comes to those specific friendships that do kind of get to those three, emotional, spiritual, and um, physical, physical, technically, um, I think those those do, those hit different. Those, those are different. Different. Gosh, I don't like that phrase. But yeah. No, of yeah. course, of course. So obviously we can't talk about friendship without touching on 
possibly the most famous friendship in the Bible. Um, you know, when you think best friends, if you were raised in church your whole life. Ray, what do you think is the first thing that comes into your head when you say best friends? Um, Maya and Miguel. Uh, brother and sister. And sister and, and, and best, best friends as well. well. Can you think of Dude. <laughs> okay. Bro, I completely uh, forgot about that show. <laughs> now nah, I was thinking that one song by Hillsong, Young and Free. Oh, uh, uh, best friends? Yeah, that's what oh. comes to mind. But when we're talking about... Five years ago, before that, maybe still Maya and Miguel, but I was also thinking David and Jonathan, you know, <laughs> infamously known as best friends in the Bible. It's yeah. such a cool story. But I they think. weren't brother and sister. They weren't. Or brother and brother. Nope. Neither that. Nope. But, uh, <laughs> no, but they were they were absolutely best friends yeah. to the point that they were like brothers. And it Is that the David back, that, like, took down Goliath? Yes. Same David. That unless David. there's another one. Who also had a best friend named Jonathan in the Bible that we don't know about. I know there's one facing the giants. I really hope we don't get copyrighted. Right here. <laughs> say, you can say the names. Just yeah, as we're long. chilling. Yeah, as long as you don't play any clips. Guys, please don't copyright us. Um, we're barely starting. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. And so what's really cool about David and Jonathan is that, um, and it's found in 1 Samuel 18, we see that after David kills Goliath, after that whole ordeal, the most famous David story, we see him talking to Saul, um, and they're just kind of having discussion. And it says, as soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. That sounds painful. Knitting. Knitting. Knitting souls, souls together. together. <laughs> okay, it sounds a little dark. Yeah. But what's really interesting is the context of the phrase, the soul of Jonathan and the soul of David. Uh, before the topic of friendship was even suggested, I think it was like two days before that, which was really funny. Yeah. Uh, I was reading over this because I think David has such a cool story. And um, I read over that and I highlighted it because it was just like, that's a weird way of saying that they became friends. Yeah. Right? So when I went and looked into the context of each phrasing of soul there, I noticed something really, really interesting. The Hebrew word for soul is nefesh. Go ahead and nefesh. say it. You want nefesh, nefesh, no, nefesh, nefesh, nefesh. Honestly, I'm probably not pronouncing it right either. Yeah, I'm bilingual, we're not, I'm not we, trilingual. Yeah, all right. So, what we're really looking at is the word nefesh, the soul of Jonathan, was knit to the nefesh of David. And when you inspect that element even further, you see that there's a feminine noun used for the nefesh in reference to Jonathan, which means the emotional soul of Jonathan was knit to David's being. I'm confused. Why, did it, why is it feminine? What's the specifics behind that? Do we know that yet? Uh, I, I, I didn't investigate that much further. Okay. RJ, you're off script. You're off script. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I'm actually seriously like curious because no, I never thought of... No, but that's a good of... question. And again, um, if you're in a living room, we'd like you to discuss this between the both of you or yes. two of you or three of you. However many of you guys are gathered. Do an exegesis You know what it. it says about the Spirit of the Lord. Look um, it up. Um, this is a really cool app. You what, What's it called again? Bible Hub. I use Bible Hub. Bible Hub. Bible Hub. And then there's Logos. logos. Yeah, those are really cool apps that we use for a lot of our exegetical work. Which, um, by the way, quick hermeneutical um, principle to teach you guys. Did I Wait, say quick? What's hermeneutical? Hermeneutic. Hermeneutics is basically the study of the Bible. Of the Bible. But... In all its literary content. Okay, right. Thank you. Look You're welcome. You. A whole scholar. It's not fair. He has Google. A whole scholar. <laughs> He's off camera for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is that whenever you're studying the Bible, it isn't about what you feel. It isn't about what is. How is this verse speaking to me? Which does come into play eventually. At but. some point. But that's after the actual meaning of whatever it is that you're reading is actually found. Because whenever the authors wrote what they wrote, inspired by God, there was a specific audience, a specific um, word and situation that they were uh, um, that they were addressing. And a lot of times... 
on purpose or by accident most of the time. We take what it is that we read in the Bible and we apply it to ourselves and we're like, wow, this really speaks to me in this way, even though that's not exactly the way it's supposed to. It will bless you, but that doesn't mean that that's the way that the original authors wanted it to be. Why is this important? To keep crazy things like, you know, maybe you saying that... Um, 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 how, how, how What's that it? one verse in Leviticus where you're not supposed to tie two different kinds of cloth together? Oh, yeah. With, yeah. Like, you can't, yeah, yeah. So well, you, and, and the context behind that being is that it was a pagan practice almost literally. And exactly. And, and, and then also the... The fact that there's old covenant, there's new covenant, there's a whole bunch of stuff that and gets those are into stuff it. that we will get into eventually. We promise. Um, but so what we're looking at is an exegetical process is where you dive dive into you the dive text, into the text, and you extract the critical truths. Yes, the things that most applied to them in their context, um, and because just of their of, time, the culture, whenever the things were shared, exactly. and then see how you can apply that in your life now, even if it may not be the same time, the same culture. Yeah. yeah. So just, yeah, when, just a quick side sidebar. Little little rabbit hole that yeah. we're chasing. So like um talking about Jonathan and David, that was like um it, it was a different kind of friendship, you know. It was it had some strains on it. How strains? Did, how, yeah. You oh, know, there was some strains. Oh, you are talking like, about Saul. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Saul. right, right, right. So um again, <laughs> what was so special about this friendship, not only were they tied by souls, which is a weird thing to say, but exists, but Jonathan's dad, Saul, kind of wanted David's head on a stake. All right? He was kind of crazy. Um, just a little bit. He, he's kind of like the mad king of mad kings. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's this really great book called The Tale of Three Kings, which kind of dives into the mentality behind yes, that. Yes, I have right? not read it yet, but it's gave it read it at least book. five times. I've read ah. it twice. <laughs> More? No, I think around five. Is oh, okay, good, okay, but just... gosh. Uh, but it's really interesting <laughs> because Saul was literally after David's head. And so there was not this... his heart. His head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there was, uh. <laughs> there was this emotional strain between their friendship. Um, and before we dive deeper into that, um, I kind of want to ask, like, have you ever had one of those God-ordained friendships, like, where you just meet someone and you just feel tied to them immediately? Yeah. yeah. You can't say us because we're your brothers. I, so I know. Gosh. Anymore. We're literally I mean, tied. I totally knew that. By bond of brotherhood. Uh-huh. We have no <laughs> choice. Type you know, of blood. It, and I think it's so interesting because we can all think back to that one person we meet and we're like instantly, man, this person is my best friend. Yep. Well, I feel like this is an even deeper look into that. You know, like there's an even deeper pull when it comes to this friendship. And it says that, and Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. You know, Saul eventually wanted to kill him, but at first he was just like, my son just found a new best friend. I'm taking him in, you know, which is, this is kind of a lovely concept. Then Jonathan, like, I love you. Now die. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then it says, then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. So the word covenant here, for those of you guys who don't know, um, there are two types of covenants. First one I only know about specifically is called Berith and it's kind of like an agreement with? No. That's 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 it, right? That's, that's, that's it, right? An agreement, agreement with. Yeah, an agreement, you made an made agreement with someone. With, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like uh, an agreement. What's and the other that, one, right? That is not to be confused with Karat Virit, which is Kawa. Kawa. Karat Virit. Kawai. It's, it's like Virit, but you no, add uh, carrot in front of it. <laughs> Come on, right? No, it's a K A. It's K A R A T. Okay. Okay. So it's that's the covenant that God would have with His people in the Mm. Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Um, You guys have read of them multiple times. They would cut a cow in half, um, split it, um, burn it, all that stuff. You know, really throw a party. 
And that was to sig- signify, basically, that, hey, whoever breaks this covenant, it's going to be cut in half and burnt. What you mean cut in half? Cut in half, like, down the middle, bro. Is that... Is that real? Yeah. Like, was it like long ways or was it like down the middle? It actually means to cut a covenant, which is kind of bad grammar in English, but that's because we're translating it from Hebrew. Um, But the non-literal meaning is make a covenant with that kind of uh, punishment if it's broken. So this wasn't a split down the middle covenant. It was just an agreement between two people covenant, yeah was it was it? an agreement between two people that hey you break this you're cut in half the okay. amount of cows that they had to kill back then I swear oh man Poor that's cows. crazy and sheep too and sheep okay so when you're um, so it says they made a covenant and because he loved them as his own soul he loved them that much and further along it says and Jonathan stripped himself of that robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt Man stripped himself and gave everything to David. He was like, listen, you are onto me as a brother. You are basically my father's son at this point. Everything that's mine is yours. That kind of friendship blows my mind, honestly. Gosh, now now I'm just really sad thinking about the fact that Jonathan died. Oh, spoilers, dude. I haven't gotten to the second season. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly. Um, that's really interesting because I mean I don't know if if him giving him his everything is literally like saying like his sword his but like he's giving him his weapons and his armor is that kind of like a way of saying hey I trust you with everything um, I'm literally giving you all the tools to kill me and you're choosing not to is that kind of what that is what's happening there you know I think you can read into it with that much like clarity uh-huh. and really exegete that from that okay okay and eisegesis we'll get into that later yeah but what you, I think. More than anything, it's kind of just significant and implicit of the bond that was created in that instant, right? The level of trust the, that was passed on, the level of, I think, even almost authority that was passed on in that moment, okay? okay? Because he, wasn't, he was adopting him into the family in a sense. It says that Saul took him from his own home, mm. right? So that's the kind of friendship that you're looking at between these two individuals. Yeah. Wow. I like, yeah. I, I, really, I really don't know. How do you call it? What else there's to comment on that specific thing? I mean, I mean, like we talked about in the beginning that there's like specific kinds of friendships that you have during specific mm. points in your life. And I mean, right now with all this Rona stuff, we're kind of like stuck inside and friendships are very much based on calling, texting. That's it. You really based don't have any other form of communication um, unless you're sending mail. Like I hope I none of y'all mail are is still doing you, that. You can still get Back to their mail, right? Yeah. Does yeah. that count as social distancing? Letters I don't know. We order stuff from Amazon. I think it counts, right? <laughs> uh, no, but no. you bring up a valid point. So when we're looking at the importance of friendship, obviously they didn't take friendship lightly. And mm-hmm. I don't think we as people should take our friendships lightly. How do we make sure that our friendships are, in a sense, God-ordained? What kind of things should we be looking for in friends as Christians? What kind of things should we be making sure are kept as boundaries in our friendships? Uh-huh. You know, like, how do you communicate value during a time like this, per se? But also, let's just say after this is all over and we go back to our normal semi-normal lives. lives or as normal as it can be. How do we communicate friendship? I mean, that's interesting. I mean, first of all, Ray, can you look up Amos 3.3 in English for me? I'm, I'm reading it in Spanish three, and it says, Pueden dos... Caminar juntos sin estar de acuerdo a donde van. Um, you have it in English? That is, yeah. can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? So, like, when, it, when we're talking about, um, I mean, Ray had a verse if, that he shared earlier. 
I think it was not not now, but it was in the last time that that we spoke. Um, but it, it very much comes to the idea of like, hey, you can't be with someone if both of you aren't um, in agreement about at least something. In this case, it's talking about where you're going, but I think that talks about in walks of life because there's a lot of things that us as individuals, um, we may have our own plans and then other people have their own plans that we kind of find ourselves in some situation where we're with another person and we're like, hey, um, where are you going with your life? And you kind of see that your lives are going in the same place, in the same direction. Um, and that in itself is like a kind of like, okay, we connect over this, over that specific thing because that's where we're both going in that same direction. But then you also find people that maybe you're not going in the same direction at all, but you guys share the same beliefs, same morals, and that connects you on a different level. You guys can have conversations and agree or agree to disagree. And then, like, the way that you guys connect with one person is very different from another person and kind of stuff. But then there's also those those friendships that you find that really, I mean, you're not really gaining anything from it. Um, if anything, you're becoming... How, how do you mean? Not like, if anything, me. you're becoming worse of a person. Oof, ouch. Um, it sounds bad to say, like, worse. talking about your specific friends, um, toxic relationships. So um, does that mean we should seek friendships based on what we gain from them or... Gain from them? Um... It sounds selfish to say, but to some extent, yes, I'd say, because it does matter that the person that you're hanging out with is making you a better person and that you're making them a better person. Not only should we look for what we can gain from a friendship with someone else, but we should more and firstly look for what we can offer that specific person. Like in terms of my um, friendship with this person, how, how much value can I add to their life and how much value can they add to mine? Reference to if, that verse you talked about earlier, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. That's Proverbs 27, 5 through 6. Yeah. And um, that's, I feel like that's the standard of what a friendship should hold, in a way. Um, you should be able to rebuke your friends and do things. And if you're not that type of friendship that can rebuke each other and grow together, then you're just getting lots of kisses from an enemy. Which yeah, to like if you're in a friendship just because the person that you're with makes you feel good or... Up the apoya and everything that you do, um, support you in everything that you do, even though it's not the right thing to do, it's not really a friendship as much as it is a, a parasitic a relationship. A parasitic relationship, Ooh. maybe. Actually, I kind of like that. Um, you know, I saw a yeah. tweet earlier. Um, Twitter's hilarious. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, <laughs> but I saw a tweet earlier, um, something that a, a family member of mine retweeted, and I, I was like, whoa, this is really good. And it was like, it's kind of scary the amount of people who can be around you. And have no, like, just have loads of animosity towards you. Mm. Um, like, the type of people who can companion you through life and walk with you, but have loads of animosity between, like, to you. So, how do you, I think, how do you pursue, like, the intentional approach behind the people you surround yourself with? What do you think that kind of looks like? The, like, you as an individual intentionally approaching someone else, or, or what? You as an individual being intentional about the people who surround you. That is, I never thought about it. Um, I had a conversation with our director for YFN, Pastor Micah, of the beginning of this week, I believe. I think it was three days ago. Um, and we were talking about relationships, especially now, because, I mean, there's so many relationships that are, whether it be professional or whether it be personal relationships, they're kind of put on a strain because, I mean, I was asking him specifically because me, I'm not, I'm not, I won't say that I'm completely introverted, but I'm not one to be constantly interacting with people because... I'll be like, I love interacting with people. It's fun. But also at the same time, um, it's very, I get tired. I get exhausted. Gave the opposite. He gets his energy from people. 
Um, but he was telling me that he he pers- when it comes to his business relationships, he makes a very um, a very intentional um, effort to make himself available to those who need him, and whether it be the people that he's leading, the staff for YFN and stuff like that. Um, and when it comes to personal relationships, he has um, he has those relationships that he does find himself like investing into. When I say investing into, I mean ones that feel himself become rejuvenated that he feels himself grow and kind of um, also get energy from instead of feeling drained. Now, granted, just because you feel drained from a friendship, that doesn't mean it's a bad friendship. But, I mean, it does mean that maybe you should look into why you feel drained, whether it is because you feel that you're putting more into that than you're receiving, whether it is that the person that you're talking to may just have specific toxic traits that are just draining you as a person, as an individual. But... When it comes to the people that rejuvenate and um, give you life, I think those people are the ones that you should look into spending more time with, investing more time into. And when he said about the whole professional relationships, about making yourself available, I think that's, especially now, whenever we are in a time where it's either you interact or they interact with you, and it's not kind of like, a, oh, you run into each other at church or at school kind of thing. Um, it's very, uh, very much a matter of being intentional because if you're not, then you're not communicating at all. You're not going to have, you're not, you're literally not going to talk to each other if you guys, one of you guys doesn't take the first step. Um, I, I, me personally, I'm not one to really take that first step, not because I don't want to, but because I will remind myself and then I'll forget or something like that. Um, pr- frankly, I've been a lot more busy now than I have, than I was before. That's ironic. Um, right. Um, but the thing is that I think one very important thing is making your, what he said about the pers- professional ones like it's making yourself available to those around you whether they be your best friends or whether they just be specific friends i think we still got to be very intentional in making sure that the people around us have access to us and are able to speak to us and spend time with us because maybe it's not like like i'm saying um it's, it sounds really i don't know if shallow would be the word or um selfish. mean or selfish to say there are all those friendships that are not going to offer that much to you and they're not going to um, build you up in the way you probably be, should be building yourself up as a Christian. But that doesn't mean that that's a friendship that you just throw to the side and leave. Because maybe they are receiving from you. Maybe they are growing in their conversations with you. And they are um, becoming better people because of you. But then there's also those that you need to work and need to specifically go after. The ones that are helping you grow as a person, grow as an individual. But at the same time, not shutting yourself away from the ones that are... Um, maybe not offering as much to you as a person. Yeah, and honestly, like you did say, it does sound selfish in theory, but um, whenever I'm bored, I like to read a lot. Yeah. I know that's what nerds do. and mm-hmm. I'm a self-proclaimed nerd, and I have no problem with that, right? But I've read it on several times, like in different several psychology articles. People pursue relationships or friendships that, add a certain something to their life. When they see something they like in someone, they pursue that person, that individual. Unconscious or conscious? It could be conscious or unconsciously. But let's just say you see a friend group, right? And then you're determined to be part of that friend group or befriend that person. It's not like you're making a decision, oh, I want to be their friend because of this, this, and this. It's because of the unconscious things you see that have spoken to you as an individual that you then determine that you want in your life. And I, there was something that you tweeted earlier this week. It was, I, it was be kind without expectations. Oh. Um, I like that I a lot that. because while it, while it make we we grew up and we're very nice to people for the most part we're kind because that's what our parents um, taught us growing up 
And a lot of times it's like we are very friendly and we're very much we very much consider us to be friends with a lot of people. Um, obviously, we're not best friends with everyone, but we try to make that person feel like they matter, like they that they have value. Because in our lives, every single person that we do meet does mean something to us. Mm. In our lives, every person that we do interact with does mean something to us. Even if we can't give them all the specific attention that we might give someone that's closer to us or not. But I think for the most part, when it comes to the relationships that we are investing our time into, do it intentionally and do it because you actually care. Not because you feel it's a burden or whatever or because you want to be seen as this good person. No, do it because it's something that, because it makes you happy to see other people happy from interacting with you. Thought Ray was gonna get ready to say something right now. Actually, no, I was no? just stretching. Oh, okay. Yeah, it looks like you were raising your hand. Big chilling. <laughs> Big so chillin'. Proverbs eighteen twenty four. I want to touch on this real quick. Um, well, I like that one. That's a good. That's a good verse. That's a good one. Do you think so? <laughs> that's a good. Yeah. All right. Hold up. I'm trying to click on the NLT version. That's good. Good. Uh, but whatever. What By the way, it? NLT is a superior version of the no, Bible. I, I, I don't care what anybody like, says. I personally really prefer NLT. I mean ESV. Oh man, he got me. <laughs> I prefer ESV. It's Gavin Dorch. <laughs> um, uh, I think ESV is dope. I yeah, like it a lot. Yeah, it's pretty good too. Um, I like the way it says things. It says things nicely. Um, but NLT, really specifically, it says they are friends, quote unquote, who destroy each other, right? Mm-hmm. But a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Yeah. Um, and when I'm looking at the concept of friendship and companionship, I know ESV says there is a companion or a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who's closer than a brother. Uh, I like looking at several versions of the way a text is explained because it gives you that kind of insight. Yeah. Right. So there are friends, quote unquote, who destroy each other. Look at your friends. Are you guys the type that build each other up? Are you guys speaking life into each other? And then there are friends, a real friend who sticks closer than a brother. You know, I'm lucky enough to be able to call my brothers my best friends. Okay. Um, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a blessing. And I, I'm also lucky enough to have real friends. I'm lucky enough to have friends that I can call family yeah. and family that I can call friends. But You didn't tell me this. They are friends. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you had a friend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and I think it's really important to look at that when you're determining, or when, specifically when you mentioned the idea of those friendships that take away from you as yeah. opposed to... And that's to, to say... Um, there's lots of things that you can do to find out who those friends that are going to take you there are or break before you there. your friends. Okay, like what? Like, okay, just to go back to the Bible. It says in Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise, associate Ooh. with fools and get in trouble. Dude, oh my god! That Proverbs very, as well? Dude, yeah, Proverbs, Proverbs is crazy, going dude. off, dude. Dude, if you guys need material for your Twitter, listen, Proverbs. Proverbs is just a lot of one-liners Proverbs. made into verses. Who wrote verses? Proverbs again? Wait, 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 what did you say, right? Proverbs <laughs> is just a ton of one-liners. It's just like, made into boom. Verses. Um, but like, <laughs> and, and that's to say, you can tell when someone's wise or a fool before you decide to become a friend with them. That's fair. You, you, you're allowed to observe. <laughs> This guy's dumb. Stay <laughs> away. Does that, does that mean you should avoid fools actively? It's listen. If fools can learn from you, then that's good. Let them learn. If you're, if you find out you're that fool, then you gotta, <laughs> oh, you gotta find wise people. Yeah. You know, <laughs> absolutely. Well, um, it's not to say just like label someone wise or fool. Right when you meet them, it's like, oh, that he dumb dumb, <laughs> or like, oh, he's smart smart. But like, you're allowed to observe people before you become. Intimate friends with them. That's good. Like that. That's good. You know. I like yeah. That. 
Bro, you're so smart. Oh, it kind of goes. Remember when we were talking about like it was um this was in Spanish that I used to look for friendships maybe specifically for the status that maybe they gave me. Wow. Um, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, so this was yeah. this was years ago back in I think was it entering high school and even middle school. I yeah. mean, but at that point everything is about your popularity. interactions, popularity, and all that stuff. Uh -huh. Like it was after I left there that I kind of realized what what the heck was I doing? Like what what am I? What what was this? Yeah. Um, and you kind of like look back and you reflect like that that was dumb. Um, but it it's I wonder how many friendships even grow even at this point in high school, um, and in college, which a lot of our audience I imagine are in are still doing that. Uh -huh. Maybe looking for friendships because of the fact that they can give them some sort sort of status or yeah. position. So what do you guys suggest? Like let's just say you catch yourself in that situation. Catch yourself seeking a friendship for the wrong reasons. What do you do? Oh, that that's a good question. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's unless you have nobody in your life at all, you there's 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 a way that you can do it, and it's to have an accountability partner. Um, should that kind of like should that partner be a friend? Accountability. That partner? that partner, you know, they don't have to be like your best friend or your most intimate friend or anything. But you can always have someone that calls you out on what you're doing. Proverbs 27, bro. Yeah, dude. Proverbs, Proverbs 27. 27. Like, and even from there, maybe you grow into that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I like what um, Pastor Richard Garcia says. It's our dad. <laughs> <laughs> so I like what he says um, about, like, at the end of your life, you will have three or four friends if you're lucky. And... Uh, Growing up as evangelist kids, it was like, oh, we'd go to a church for two weeks. We'd meet people. It was like, hey, no, this is my new best friend. Two weeks later, we have to find a new best friend, you know? So my dad was like, guys, stop calling everybody your best friends, please, <laughs> please, all right? It hurts me to see that, you know? We didn't even have phones. We, we had no phones. way to connect with them. We, we were like, like oh, saw yeah, them at the end of the day. You know, and, and it's really funny because it's true. You're going to look around you at the end of the day, and you're going to have three or four real friends, right? Like, in that sense, if you're lucky. Right, and that's not because of any other reason than just maybe we weren't called as people to have a multitude of friends. The way the proverb says, you know, a man with many companions may be led to ruin, right? But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. It doesn't say there are friends who stick closer than a brother. It says there is a friend, right? And it's kind of this idea that we seek sometimes companionship from a bunch of people, from a bunch of people, just to satisfy some internal craving, Dang. right? Polygamy um, is wrong. <laughs> I think that went without saying thanks, Ray. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I want to jump to John 15, verses 12 through 15. Some of you guys may know it really well, but it says, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Right? Uh, and that one, I, I said 12 through 15, but I'll hear the first two. But, you know, like that one... Ray pointed it out because I think it's um, it sticks pretty close because a lot of people struggle with the concept of would you die for your friends? like, And I think it's really cool to see because if we're jumping back to Jonathan and David, we see that that bond was that strong. There was on several occasions where Jonathan went to Saul, his own father, and was like, Dad, I know you really want to kill my best friend, but please don't do it. I, I ask you to reconsider. I'm asking you to reconsider. Um, and there were times when Saul would plot to kill him, and Jonathan would go and warn David. 
And then Saul pulls up and he's like, Jonathan, I know you told him. Why did you tell him? I'm like, dad, it's my best friend. You know, Jonathan honored that God-ordained friendship while also honoring his father, which was funny in some like, sense. Like, don't tell anyone. My best friend doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, like, it was really interesting to see the honor that comes between friendships because it's something that can be ignored sometimes, you know. Because at the end of the day, when Jonathan died, it was David's right to go and kill off the rest of the Saul's family. But he specifically said, because Jonathan honored me through this friendship throughout this entire time, I want to honor him to the point where he even took in one of Jonathan's relatives, Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth. right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's, it's so, closer. that concept of honor went beyond even death, right? And so I think it's more than just laying your life down for your friends. It's knowing that death do you part is a friendship thing as much as it is a marriage like, thing, a marriage thing, yeah. you know, cause that's basically the way I see it. It's just such a special friendship. I agree. I have I agree. a, I have a question. Yeah. Um, once, I guess you think you have those friendships. The stroke. Sorry. Once you think you have those friendships established, how do you deal with betrayal from a friendship that you thought was God ordained? Can we talk about this in the next in the next podcast? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't say this to be continued. Honestly, to be continued because we are going to address that in the next podcast. This one's um getting a bit long at this point. And we are going to be doing these bi-weekly and we do want to start putting this out. But that specific, do you want to, do we want to give like a little sneak peek of what that one's going to look like? Or, um, or I would argue keep them that, I'm, I'm going to say this. I would argue that just because you experience betrayal in a friendship, it doesn't change whether it was God ordained or not. Amen. And Amen. I think that's how we're going to close that. Yes. Um, first and foremostly, I'm going to keep saying that. I don't, first, it doesn't make any sense. Dude, do it. Yeah, first and foremost, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening all thank the way to much. the end. Um, we please, appreciate we you guys. love to hear from you guys. Again, we're in our living room discussing this, but we want you to be in your living room discussing this or your kitchen. as well, or your kitchen, or wherever you feel like you're living. Get right. on a Zoom call and Get discuss this. Get on a Zoom call, this. discuss this stuff. And we want to hear back from you guys. Do you guys agree? Do you guys disagree? Um, do you guys Why? Have any other do you guys f- agree or disagree? Uh, of course. Make it a whole essay. Yeah, we want this to be a conversation. Do we have bad theology? Yes or no? <laughs> yeah, Make honestly, it a conversation. Yeah. Honestly, if there's something that we say that doesn't sit right with you or it may not let us know in the comments section we'll have a conversation yeah That's please what we're email for. us at um we'll give you guys an email actually just no i have it right you have here. the email yes uh, that works out pretty well yes. get it. uh but basically guys we don't want this to just be us speaking we want to hear from you guys we want to hear what topics you guys want to hear from um and talk about again we just want this to be a place where we can be open in communication actually just message us through our instagram or um, email us at, at jenison Generation Gracia. So much for being bilingual. Generation Gracia, <laughs> twenty eighteen at gmail.com. How do you spell that? G E N. I'll put it on the screen, or yeah, if you're listening to a podcast, the um, um, you can check in the um, description, the notes, the description. Yeah, and we'll the start details. working on this outro. All yes, right. outro and outro music. Yeah.